Oh, hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to Respawn Aim Fire, the kick-ass, irreverent gaming podcast from Affable Idiots. I'm one of your hosts, Adam Gumby, and today I have with me the beautiful, magnificent, fantastic Chad Michaelinis. No one's called me beautiful since my mom said that this morning. I'm so oh, flattered. That was very long ago. <laughs> You're very welcome. Uh, welcome to episode 222. That is a palindrome. It is. It's 222 on the 22nd of... August is never going to happen again. In 2021, but there's two twos in there. Oh my God, you said two two. You remember as a kid when you would accidentally say two two, like the words two together, and then people would make fun of you so bad? Like, how embarrassing. I mean, we still get that with doo doo as an adult man. People, yeah, but doo doo's like, funny. Two two's just like a frilly skirt. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do ballet. I wear a leotard, not a tutu. <laughs> you can catch us live on twitch.tv slash idiots Sunday evenings at eight thirty PM Eastern Standard Time, the correct time. Uh, you can also <laughs> catch us on YouTube and podcast services everywhere on Tuesday mornings. Uh, all right, and upcoming on today's show, I'm by, I'm hosting, by the way. This is fun. Thanks for letting me do this. I've always enjoyed it. Uh, I'm a rambling idiot. It's a good time. Uh, upcoming on today's show, Halo doesn't have co-op at launch. All a Gasp, please. Uh, all of the Pokemon Present news broken down by two Pokemon experts. Yeah, us two right here. Uh, a new video game called Skyrim is being released this fall. What? Uh, we get boots on the ground with Call of Duty Vanguard. I see what you did there. And Jeff Keighley is closing out the summer with Open Night Live. Mm, it'll be a good show. A good oh, I see. And- I see. Closing what? the summer with Open yeah. Night. Okay. Very good mm-hmm. wordplay. All of these have wordplay except for the first one because I didn't think about it till the second one. And I was like, I'm going to go hard. But That's at the, great. At first, I, yeah, I didn't think about it. <laughs> That's how my mind works. <laughs> it's all over the place. Uh, I guess we can start with our main quest tonight. Halo Infant won't have campaign co-op or Forge at launch. This comes from Wesley Yinpool at Eurogamer. I'm also very bad at names. You're going to find this out real quick. <laughs> so as long as you say it confidently, it doesn't matter. <laughs> no one will know. Uh, Joseph Staten, head of creative for Halo Infinite, said it was a really tough decision to delay both modes. Uh, co-op campaign and the user creation tool Forge aren't ready and will be released later uh, next year uh, as part of the seasonal roadmap. I believe co-op is first, and then Forge will be later. So within three and then six months of launch. Um, 343 is still 100% committed to releasing this holiday, both campaign and our first season of free-to-play multiplayer. So the game, they're, they're committed. It's coming out this holiday. They had to cut some features to make it in time. Sounds like to me, but I'm going I'm to throw it to you. What do you think? Yeah, I think... I think what really shocked me right at first is uh, my friend Matt, fan of the show. You've seen him several times on the show. He immediately just responded with, remember when this game was supposed to fully launch last year? I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. And then they delayed, and now they're delaying like half, not half the game. Admittedly, this is a very small portion of the game, which I think is totally okay. Uh, It is unfortunately the way that I, like most of the way that I enjoy the Halo franchise is playing co-op with friends. And so it's it's the part of the game I was looking forward to, which is unfortunate, but it is by far the least important part of the game, I think, because no one no one looks at the Halo franchise and says, oh, my gosh, 
do you remember that one with the amazing campaign? Then that's all we did with it. And no, they look at it and they're like, oh my gosh, the competitive multiplayer, the different modes and, and online for the first time with Halo 2 and all that fun. Like that's what people really look back at these for. And that's shipping. And I also, I honestly forgot until today that that was free to play multiplayer coming with it too, which I think is going to take the world by storm. So um, I think it was the right call rather than delaying the whole game to just delay those two things. Honestly, I also didn't even know the forge existed until they told us it was going to be delayed, and so it really doesn't it really doesn't bother me. But um, yeah, I think what matters for the game is coming out this year, and I think that's important for Xbox. And at at the very least, it's perception by people and having this big AAA game around holiday and, and starting to like build up their first party stuff. But I probably now will only dip into the multiplayer content until the co-op campaign launches. Interesting. Yeah, uh, I have played every Halo game and beaten every Halo game. I've never played one co-op once. Uh, really? So this didn't bother me. This did not bother me at all. I, I think I played a little bit of three co-op with some friends at some point. Um, it sucks it's not here, but again, I would rather them be like, hey, we know now this is what's going to hold us back. You're still getting it. Like They're not keeping it from you. You're getting it later and the game gets to launch on time so like it sucks but if it was me i'd like i'd rather launch the thing and take out this one feature that i'm sure some people use but i'm sure it's not the number one most used feature of the halo games um and then like for fours that'll be cool to have more content down the line where it's like oh hey been playing multiplayer it's been awesome good time oh now forge is here we can just start making our own stuff uh so I can see why people is upset. Doesn't personally, you know, we're talking about number one here. I don't care that co-op is delayed, but yeah, I can see people have an issue. But if we get it this fall or holiday, excuse me, I'm I, whatever. I'm I'm nonchalant about it because it doesn't affect me. Um, just hope that they can get it out and that this necessary move was so that they could get the game out. And I'll, you know, I don't think it'll be as big a deal. Once that game came out, it's not gonna be a big deal. Right. Do you do you think that it's I mean, it looks a little bit of like egg on your face on Microsoft's stand, like from their viewpoint where last time when they launched Halo 5 Guardians without co-op at all, like built into the game, they were like, hey, by the way, when every Halo game from here on out will have co-op as part of the campaign. Like we realized we made a mistake with 5 and now they're like, hey, this one's not launching. Oh, right away with co-op. But I, I just think it's interesting that that's the part that they chose to cut. Though I understand, you know, having this, it's more of a, a narrative with like differing choice, like almost a little bit of open world. It's non-linear and I can understand why that can be difficult to do co-op um, for the first time in a franchise. So I don't know. Just think it's, I think it's so interesting that the very first game after they committed to doing co-op with all the campaigns from here on out is now delayed with co-op. <laughs> Doesn't have co-op from the jump. Yeah. Um, I'm with you. I wish they would have had it just so that we didn't have to have like a negative thing about, you know, on the news cycle or whatever, yeah. but I mean, it's fine. It'll come out. I'm with you. Yeah, they're like, after five, we'll never make that mistake again. They're like, we're still not making the mistake. You just got to wait. <laughs> so that is funny how that how that worked out. But again, it'll come out this holiday. Hopefully, we'll have a good time. And I'm with you. Like, the multiplayer is the main thing that I'm going to focus yeah. on anyways. So it's free to play, too. I'm still interested. Not interested. I'm concerned a little bit. This and Sony with Horizon. Oh, no. Sony did officially delay Horizon Forbidden West, right? That got delayed to next year. I think that they, it was, you know, we're on track, but we'll, you know, we'll see what happens. And then all the like grub and all those were like, Hey, it's definitely delayed. So I don't know if they've officially said it, but I think it's basically confirmed. Yeah. I might be incorrect, but I think that's what happened. It's this halo infinite and, and horizon are two that like, 
we're very close and we don't have a date. And it's that time where like, you got to start choosing what games you're going up against. We have a date for a lot of the other big hitters coming out this fall. And so to be the last two weeks of eight, of August right now and not having a, a date for Halo Infinite and when this is going to launch, I feel like that's a sign that w- with only part of their game, to be honest, most of their game ready to launch this holiday, but still not even have a, like a deadline of when they think they can have it finished by, that gives me a little bit of pause and it makes me think like, is this going to launch a little bit broken like Master Chief Collection did with all of their stuff and then they're just going to make it better over time? Or is this actually going to launch with two really polished parts of the game, the free-to-play multiplayer, the single-player campaign, and then they're going to introduce something else. Like, I'm concerned about the state of release, even if they do manage to hit this holiday, just based on that. My guess is that they really want to nail the multiplayer, which is from what everyone says about the flight, is that the multiplayer is solid. I, you know, yeah, I heard nothing <sighs> negative coming out of that with that, that test weekend, like two weekends ago. Only yep, positive everyone. things, which is great. Absolutely. So I think they're going to double down and make sure that is good. I wouldn't be shocked if the campaign came in like parts where it's like, hey, we've got part one and wait three months from when co-op comes out for part two. Or I don't know. I'm not saying that necessarily they're going to do that. I think that they're they're going to make it come out this fall. And I think one part of that game will be really, really good. And they're hoping every part of the game is. Um, I could see like the campaign being like a seven out of ten to people. And then the multiplayer is so good. And then people were like, you know, the campaign was fine, but the multiplayer is great. We'll see. I mean, which has been kind of what the last few Halo games have been anyway, right? Like, exactly, no one said yeah. Halo 4's campaign is amazing. No one said Halo 5 campaign is amazing, right? But everyone still played the games and liked them because of the multiplayer. Yeah. And again, you're going to play that for free. And I'm, I'm going to get the campaign for free on Game Pass. So that's right. Uh, Hashtag Game Pass. There we go. Uh, yeah. I mean, I was worried about this game for a while. I'm less worried about now about the gameplay. But I'd still like if people are like, do you think Halo will be game of the year? I'm like, probably not. I think it'll probably be on people's shortlist, maybe. But I don't think it's going to be in such a good state that it's going to be like, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing of all time. I think people are going to really like it. But, you know, people really liked Apex that it went game of the year. But it doesn't need to. Like, it just needs to be fun. So we'll see when it gets out here. All right. And next, I guess we're going to move on to playtime. We're going to get our toys out of the box. Put them back in the box because that's an antique box. Don't don't put your grubby hands on that, kids. <laughs> and we're getting on the floor with our playbooks. Playbooks. Color with books. my which, what was the name of the book? The Wonder Book, the PlayStation Wonder Book, with the PlayStation Move oh. controller. That's what I'm yeah, going to yeah. dig out of my toy box. <laughs> mm-hmm. Pull out those Move controllers and Wonder Book, everybody. It's going to be a great time. Uh, Chad, you can go ahead and lead us off. What if? We've been playing lately, man. Speaking of the great value of Xbox Game Pass. Uh, Two titles I played this week for free with that. Well, not free included with my subscription of $1 for three months of game pass. Um, I played 12 minutes and I played Hades. I'll talk about Hades first because I know you played 12 minutes and then we'll get into a discussion about 12 minutes. Um, but Hades finally came to Xbox and PlayStation and I spent a lot of the last year hating the game because it was up against last of us part two for game of the year. And though I never touched it, and I really like the studio that it comes from, it just like anything that was going to possibly beat Last of Us Part Two had to be the devil. No pun intended. Um, but so I, I hated the game. And then when it didn't win, I was like, whew, thank goodness. Now I might be able to play this unbiased. Uh, so I came to, to Xbox Game Pass this last Friday. 
and I gave it a chance, and I really, really enjoy this game. It is super stylized, just like the uh, what is the name of that the the game dev who makes this game? Super Giant Bastion. Yeah, Super Giant. It is that same style, you know, the isometric like transistor and Bastion. It looks gorgeous. It plays really, really well. It's a roguelike, which I found out that you know I don't always hate roguelikes now i thought that i just always hated them because i hate failing and that that's basically the whole mechanic of roguelikes is just you lose all the time but it's dope i beat the first boss i'm enjoying the mechanics of like choosing which path you want to go down based on the types of rewards that you feel like you want to collect and do i want to collect a different weapon at the beginning now then i might want to get these purple gems do i want to you know collect more whatever gold buys then maybe i want to go buy gold or do i need health in the middle of this so there's a there's a lot of different strategies in there too like the fact that I, your health doesn't regen without like specific like power-ups and stuff like that so like you have to you have to choose to say i'm going to not go to treasure so i can go this way and get health when it shows up but it's great it's a great game and i've beat the first boss so far played a little bit of the second world but i can honestly say that i have no clue how this game so far could come anywhere close to beating Last of Us Part Two, And it was such a concern last year for Game of the Year at the Game Awards that it like I was 100% ready to try to accept that it would win. But um, yeah, I, it's fantastic, but I don't think it's anywhere near Game of the Year material so far. It could get you know narratively super complex and the characters and I'm blown away by it, but I feel like so far what I've played, which is like an hour and a half maybe of it, uh, it's it's a fantastic game, but not anywhere close to Last of Us Part Two. Have you played so, it? Oh, absolutely. Okay. This was on my game of the year list last year. All right. Uh, over Last of Us. I'm just kidding. It went over Last of Us. <laughs> actually, I didn't. Actually, I didn't vote for Last of Us because I don't vote for games I hadn't played yet. So, um, but the thing, the reason that people like this game so much is because people are horny and all the characters are very hot. <laughs> That's very, the gameplay is fantastic. The art's great. The thing about this game is that it takes the mechanics of a roguelite where it's like fail, upgrade a little bit and keep going at that. And it ties that into narrative. You're going to get to a point where you're playing like a failing gives you not only like rewards to be better next time, but it gives you narrative. And this is a thing that no other roguelike does. That's why people like this game so much. You've only played an hour so far. Keep going at it. There's going to be a point where you're going to be so invested in what every character is doing. You're just like, I got to keep going and figuring out what's going on here. Um, that's why I think that was on so many people's game of the year list is because it seems it's like, oh, it's very, very good roguelike. And then it's like, oh, no, the narrative is actually super good, too. And okay. it's told through that like you're gonna die and it it's plays into the narrative of you're playing a roguelike and they give that back to you in narrative and characters and the characters are all great all the voice acting is great the characters are all fantastic keep going at it like it's fun but you're gonna get something more out of it once you learn a little bit more about the story okay okay i'm excited this is i, I you pointed out i too i think why i like it i like making progress in a game and feeling like i'm getting better and because in this version of this roguelike type experience uh you can upgrade things that carry over from run to run and you do unlock things that that allow you to get better with each attempt like that's i think what is is bringing me into it more than traditional like rogue legacy or something like that would or binding of isaac or something like that yeah that's very good keep at it i'm telling you you're gonna you might not think it's better than last was too but you're gonna be like oh i can understand why people would think this all right all right 
Uh, I also played Metroid Fusion because it's our barf game this month. Backlog accomplishment with Respawn and Friends. Uh, so it's the game we pick, well, the game you pick as Patreon supporters over at patreon.com slash respawnaimfire for us to play and talk about. Uh, I'm playing it on my Game Boy Advance with the Game Boy Advance cartridge. And it's not the SP, so it doesn't have a backlight. But I am, so I've got that, that awful dinky worm light on top. But no, I am. a curly one? Yep. I am getting an, uh, a love and an appreciation for playing things on that really tiny handheld again and also playing just these Game Boy games. So I'm really excited whenever, you know, the analog pocket, the, the like, plays Game Boy games, Game Gear games, stuff like that, all, like, natively can do it in 4K and hook up to your TV. Like, it's a, uh, it looks like a little Game Boy pocket, but it's coming out in October and pre-orders have been sold out for a long time, but they're going to open up more. As soon as they do, now I'm like, I'm going to take all of these games that I've got and instead of playing it on my tiny backlightless Game Boy Advance, I'm going to play it on my 4K TV, and it's going to be great. So it's giving awesome. me a new like appreciation for that. But I also was really excited for 12 minutes, which also came to Game Pass, launched on Game Pass day one. Uh, I've been really interested in this game even before they announced, I think it was last year they announced the new voice cast with James McAvoy and Daisy Ridley and Willem Dafoe. It... It's something that has always been on my radar. It looks like a nice, cool little indie dev game with a really interesting narrative and solving a crime. And then this um, is something that I could not finish. I could not bring myself to get invested in. I'm sure, because it sounds like from Twitter that you really, really, really liked it. But I could not get past the presentation of it. I'm a person that's like all about like, it has to look good and run good. It doesn't have to necessarily have the best graphics on the planet Earth, but the, like, the character animations for me were really clunky and, like, the way that they moved around each other, the two characters, like, trying to figure out where they were going to go and, and how they interact with objects. And then the, the dialogue, it all sounds... It's like the epitome of, of... It sounds like they were recording every single line in isolation in a room with no context whatsoever. So I could be asking my wife a question and she like escalates and gets really heated. And then I ask something else that's maybe even related to the question I asked her. And she's like, now completely calm. And she says something completely like it. It's not a natural flow to any of the conversations that I have in there. Um, and I just don't find the, the deliveries of the line to be particularly good from any of the characters so far, even though they're all like really accomplished Hollywood actors. So it, it was really tough for me to get into the game from that standpoint. I, I couldn't get past the voice acting, the animations, and the fact that I didn't realize it was going to be like a point-and-click adventure game. Like even the, like the old school, you click on everything, you can Skyrim things, you can pick up literally everything in the room even though you don't need it. Like plates, well, maybe you do end up needing it to figure out everything, but forks, plates, cups, everything. Um, but the, yeah, the, the point-and-click part of it, I feel like was too imprecise on an Xbox controller to really function well, especially when you had to like pick up little tiny things like the knife that's also right next to the drawer or the refrigerator or the sink and you have to like finagle the thumbstick and it's too responsive. And um, so I had, a lot of, I had a lot of issues with the presentation of it and I played about an hour of it and I just, I couldn't get past it. The, the puzzle aspect of it, trying to figure out like what's going on. I saw the allure of it and I saw where it might go and get interesting. But I, I could not get past the presentation of it. But you had an opposite sure. reaction, I think. So uh, how did you like it? I think it's very good, is what I yeah. would say. I think I might have said, like, great, 
on Twitter. Maybe I'm a little bit lower on it now, but I still think it's very good. I would definitely agree with the... You're right. They have big name actors. Uh, I would say each loop makes... Okay. The best actor in the game is Willem Dafoe, without a doubt. Um, Who's only there so for like three seconds at the end of every loop. Well, <laughs> or maybe not. Get further, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the thing is, yeah, this, it's a it's a it's a art house indie movie puzzle game where Willem Dafoe is absolutely the star of it. Uh, there, so I've been looking online and seeing reviews and impressions on Twitter and stuff, and it's either it's a thing you were super into and really liked, or it's a thing that you're just like like your problems. Like it, it I don't think it looks the greatest too. I'm with you on that. Um, it definitely feels like it's made for PC. Um, like everything you said is valid, absolutely, and it's it's definitely like with people who go to see indie art house movies all the time. They're like, these are the greatest things. There, people are like, I don't care about that. That's awful. That's trash. Um, <laughs> it's that thing, but in video game form. And I'm more on the liked it side. To be clear, um, yeah, I'm exactly that. like I went and saw The Lighthouse, and I was like, I don't, I, I didn't, get, I didn't get this movie. <laughs> Not for me. So, yeah, either yeah, you're gonna it think matches. it's the greatest thing ever, or you don't like it. Like that. Yeah. There's no in between. <laughs> Um, but this, it happened to hit for me. I beat the game in one day, in one night. Uh, I just kept going and going and going because I love the time loop mechanic of it. Um, I guess what I'm with you. I think Daisy really is the worst part of the game as an actor. Oh, I like Daisy as an actor, but I she honestly didn't even know. recognize it was her. Like I knew she was in it, but I I didn't realize until like 20 minutes. Like, oh, wait, is that supposed to be Daisy Ridley? Is that yeah. her? She's doing an American accent, which is weird because awful. we know she's British. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and James McAvoy, I think he's fine. He's more. Most of the game is more interesting once you get loops deeper and you're not just like trying to figure out what you're doing. Once you get into the mystery of the game, that's where like the performances change and everything changes. Like I said, I'm not going to you know spoil anything here or anything, but Willem Dafoe is the MVP for a reason because there are multiple things that he does in ways that he acts uh, that are crazy. It's like the Green Goblin is going to murder me. This is a great time. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, and I, I like the point and click stuff. Uh, I like it because, again, it's definitely more precise on a PC. But when you start the game, everything you can interact with is in the room already. There's nothing that gets added later. So you being able to pick up the spoon, uh, the picture on the fridge, that is what you have. That's your sandbox. And that stuff might not mean anything now, but it'll mean stuff later. And I just had a great time figuring out the mystery. That's my main thing. If it was just 100%, I'm going to grade this on gameplay. I mean, the gameplay is very light. I can't argue with that, but just it was the the writing and like the story that they concocted for me to do, which is what the part that I like so much. I I love that story in that game, and then uh, the ending and the twisted. Oh boy, if, if, do not go on Twitter and look at those uh, threads because they'll spoil the game for you. But man, it's wild. <laughs> Maybe it I'll just crazy. watch someone play it for me so that I don't have to touch everything and do everything, but I can still yeah. experience all the parts that I want to experience. If you know what you're doing, I think you beat the game in 11 loops, I believe is what oh, it is. Damn. If you okay. know exactly what to do. So it took which me is like, like 11 loops to figure out how to time the thunderstorm to prove that. I'm... <laughs> oh, you're trying to prove to your wife. Yeah, no, there's a, we could definitely talk more about this game. There's, I think there's people on both sides, but I enjoyed it for the, the mystery and Willem Dafoe specifically. So I, I really liked it. I would suggest it, but again, you got to go in knowing this is an art house, like a point and click game. So if you already know, if you're like, I only play Call of Duty and Madden, like, well, that's not going to be for you, my guy. I don't know yeah. what to tell you. <laughs> but uh, I think there's things there. I think, especially for the price of nothing, I think it's worth giving it a try yeah. if you have that service. Um, 
and yeah, either you're, yeah, you're gonna like it, or you're gonna love it. It's it's definitely. I mean, it's got Willem Dafoe. It is the lighthouse of video games. Yeah, that that's out. right. <laughs> Put that no, on Twitter. <laughs> well, from what I know, no seagulls yet, or no jerking off. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I do know, but I can't you know. pick up a seagull from the beginning of the game anywhere in the rooms, as far as I know. So. No, there's not a seagull in the room. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that is one thing I've been playing. Uh, another thing I've been playing. I mean, I wanted to do it anyways. And then listening to Barf, you guys convinced me. Uh, you don't have to convince me of a game I love anyways. Red Dead Redemption 2, partner. Partner. Arthur Morgan. <laughs> me and Arthur Morgan going on one more job. Uh, yeah, I've been playing the online because there's a crazy thing where Twitch Prime uh, just gives you so much stuff like yeah. all the time. And I just log on. It's like, oh, you have like $3,000. And in Red Dead Online, that's like a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like comparing that to, to GTA where like every month you log on and get a million dollars. Yeah, it's just like so much money. So I'm just like, oh, I've been having fun playing that. You know, I just jump in once in a while, do some moonshine missions, whatever. Just have fun going around. I love that game, Wild West. And I started doing the story again. And uh, apparently I missed a lot of stuff on my first playthrough. So Ooh. I've been having... Good time doing that. I didn't do any of the gunslinger stuff, which is right at the beginning of the game, and I'd never done it before. I was like, oh, let me go fight all these gunslingers. Uh, so playing a lot of, not a lot, well, a good amount of Red Dead too. I'm going to get back into that. Take it slower this time. First time it came out, I beat that game in three days. Uh, Holy shit. Maybe four. It was a long weekend from work, so I don't Damn. remember exactly. I played a lot of Red Dead, <laughs> let me tell you. They had um, a, a new season in Red Dead Online like a week or two ago, right? What do the seasons look like in that game? Because I played a little bit of it, but I have no idea what, like what changes in a season. Well, I just know that they added more content. Um, like I said, I was doing Moonshiner missions, which was added a couple seasons ago, where it's just like, here's like a new... You've played GTA Online, right? I've watched um, people play GTA Online. Okay. You know, every, pretty much they're like, hey, here's a new job or whatever. It's like, here's a new career path. Here's a thing to do. So like okay. they had like, oh, now you can run a moonshine and, you know, sell... Um, liquor at a bar that like you own a bar and then there's one that's like the naturalist where it's like you gotta go out in nature and the bounty hunter or you know whatever um, and they had a new one it's like crimes and opportunities but they added a four player wave based like defense mode where it's like you and three people um, I think it's we only got to eight uh, waves I'm assuming you win the game at ten but it's just like every wave they add more 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 dudes so you start it's like you know, 14 dudes, like whatever, that's nothing. And then on wave eight, it was like 73 dudes <laughs> and they had like Gatlin Holy guns shit. and stuff. And I was like, Oh boy. Yeah. I didn't beat it. I'm assuming 10 beats it, but I was like, yeah, that was, that was a fun time just to play a new mode. Um, so yeah, that online, I, I'm not super into rockstar online stuff. Like I'll jump in once in a while and play for like a weekend and then never touch it again for six months. But you know, I have a good time and I just wanted to get back into single player mode and hang out with Dutch and all that. Uh, so I'm playing some red dead. Uh, and the last thing I've played, uh, which I've discovered is one of the greatest video games that no one's ever played, is a little game called Coffee Talk. You ever heard of this? Uh, is this the Dana Carvey SNL skit in game form? I don't think so. <laughs> Welcome to Coffee Talk. You're on Coffee Talk. No? No. I mean, I'm, there might be a reference in the game. Coffee Talk is a like visual novel-ish kind of game where it's just a lot of conversations or whatever, but you're running... Um, um, you're only open at night time. Uh, it's got the only open from like midnight to like six in the morning. Um, in futuristic Seattle, well, it's it's 2020, but it's also like a world full of like fantasy monsters. So like when you start the okay. game, it's like an elf is ta- is talking to his girlfriend Succubus, and you're having these conversations with these characters, hanging out with these characters. 
um, and then you make coffee. And it's just, I'm not really a visual novel dude. I've never really been it, but I've had a friend, uh, shout out to Joe, who really liked this game. And I was like, oh, apparently I own it. I don't know when or why or how, but I own this game. And right. I'm like, you know, this is, it's chill, man. It's like, hey, let's sit down. We'll talk to our customers. We'll have a good time. There's fantasy monsters at work outside. And you just hang out with these characters and they're all nice and charming and you help them with their problems and you draw a little latte art. And he's like, that's awful. I'm like, yeah, you're right. This is trash. This doesn't look like a leaf at all. Um, it's just a real chill game. And I was like, yeah, let me try that out because I needed something low stress. So I would suggest anyone try it out if you that sounds interesting at all. Dope. Uh, I have a correction to make. It was not Dana Carvey. Dana Carvey was the like church person. It was Mike Myers. Oh, who played the coffee talk person? I love Mike Myers. Uh, what's that movie where he's the love guru? The love guru. <laughs> yeah. What's that movie where he's the love guru and he's he goes around this? He's like a guru of love. It's love guru. Yes, yes, <laughs> that, that one. one. No, that movie's awful. Shrek is great though. All right, we're gonna <laughs> go ahead and move on to our quest log. I'm gonna let you take point on this one because as we talked before the show, I like the Pokemons, but I. Do not, I cannot pronounce half these names in this generation because I did not play this generation of Pokemon. So I will let you take over for this story. Dope. Yes, everything announced at Pokemon Presents, says Michael McWhorter at Polygon. Up front, I will also say, this is the Sinnoh region, Diamond and Pearl. This is the first generation of Pokemon. This is generation four, I think it is. The first generation of Pokemon that I've never played. Um, and then there are a lot from here that, that I don't get. However... I am an avid Pokemon Go player still every single day for the last five years. So um, I am familiar with a lot of these Pokemon because of that. So there was a Pokemon Presents this week. It uh, unveiled uh, quite a few things about Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, Pokemon Unite, and Legends Arceus. They started with a couple of things that like not a majority of the people care about, like the fact that Pokemon Unite, the MOBA that came out on Switch, is now coming to mobile on September 22nd, which is a Apparently, from the reviews of the Switch version, not great. Um, they made some updates for Pokemon. I didn't write it in here. Cafe Mix. Something like that. And there's some updates coming to it. But again, not our audience. But uh, a couple of things that might be of, of note to people who listen to our show. Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. They went into some, uh, some details about it. They're going to have the same mini games from the originals. Uh, but they are adding in a couple of new things with this generation. They have the customization options for your, like you can change your outfit for your avatar, your hat, your clothes, all that fun stuff. A lot of the same stuff you've been able to do in uh, Pokemon Go and with the most recent generation, Sword and Shield. And then another interesting one I thought that they added was on Pokeballs, you're going to be have, you're going to have the ability to add stickers to them. And it's like little lightning bolt stickers or little, you know, symbols that you can just kind of put all over the Pokeballs. And then when you throw them, they have different like graphic effects when they open up or close and they catch things. And it's kind of like, it kind of reminds me of, it's a very specific thing, but like the transmat effects in Destiny. Whenever you respawn or like your ship, you, know, you beam down onto a planet, um, there's like a little graphic thing that happens and then your character kind of jumps onto the, the surface of the planet. And that's effectively what this is. You throw it out. There's customizable respawn effects based on the stickers that you chose, and then you catch whatever the hell you want to catch in it. Do you think that there's one that's just skull and bones because their life's about to end, or 
Maybe not. Maybe not so fun. I hope there's just like a bunch of dead Pokemon in one. <laughs> it's just Cubone's mom all oh, over it. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that that's coming to Brilliant Pearl, Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl, which are two games that I'll probably pick up and play for two hours and then never play again like I have with the last three generations of Pokemon games. If you are interested, there is a new Nintendo Switch Lite coming with Dialga and Palkia. I think I said those right. This um, is why I gave the story to you, because I had yeah. no idea to say those <laughs> names. I've seen these names now. It has aligned with uh, an in-game event in Pokemon Go, where they were both in rotation and raids for a while. So yeah, I think it's Dialga and Palkia are the two legendaries there. Um, it looks like a pretty cool Nintendo Switch Lite. If, I mean, the one problem with it is that it's a Nintendo Switch Lite which has such a small, you know, group of people that it appeals to, especially I understand, you know, with manufacturing and things like that of the new OLED model that it might not be something that they could manufacture a brand new one plus a customization of it at the same time, but yeah, if you're interested in and you're looking for a new light, you can pick that one up. Uh but the thing that I think most people who might listen to the show are interested in about Pokémon is the upcoming Pokémon Legends Arceus game that's coming I didn't write down the date, but I think it's January 28th. It's late January. Um, we saw the trailer a while ago when they revealed it, and people were making comparisons to Breath of the Wild, and now those are pretty much, like, justified, those comparisons. It is the Breath of the Wild of Pokemon games. You are going around the world, filling out the very first Pokedex for the region. It is technically what will become the Sinnoh region, which is the generation forward that Diamond and Pearl take place in, but it's right now called the Hisui region. And um, what I what I love about it, too, is that with that comes new versions of Pokemon that you know are just going to die and go extinct because we never see them in the future. So here's a bunch of new oh, dead man. Pokemon. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> yep. they don't show up later. God, that's awful. Maybe they, uh, like, you know, um, get, like, bred with another version, and that's the popular version. I'm just sure. trying to think of things that's not genocide of Growlithe, you know? <laughs> well, speaking of genocide and, and dead Pokemon, Basculegion is one of the new Pokemons they showed. Which is an evolution of Basculin, which is a fish, and it evolves after enough of its friends die, and it absorbs their souls and becomes Basculegion, and is super strong now. Um, so that's super dark. There's also a new Hisuian Braviary, which is a bird. There's a Hisuian Growlithe, which looks like a, like a puffy version of Growlithe. And then there's a Wordier? which is a, like an evolved version of a Stantler that looks like he has a Santa beard. Um, so new versions of these Pokemon that you're going you're gonna to be able to play around with in this region that, again, will go extinct very soon. But uh, the whole game is based around exploring and, and catching Pokemon and filling out, the, filling out the Pokedex, and they detailed now how that happens. You're going to obviously run around with empty Pokeballs to pick them up, but some of them will be pretty easy to catch, and they won't really mind you being there, and you can just throw your Pokeball, try to catch them, great. Some of them will run at the side of you, so you have to be stealthy and hide in tall grass and, and maybe lure them with some things. And then there will be some that are just straight-up aggressive. And so if you, if you throw a Pokeball at them, great. If you throw a Pokeball that has something in it, then that Pokemon will start battling. And I think one of, the, one of my favorite additions in this is the way that the battles work. They're not going to be traditionally turn-based like... Uh, like Pokemon games have been so far where you take a turn, I take a turn, you take a turn, I take a turn. It is now kind of like a, 
if you think about from a lot of JRPGs, like an active time battle, like from Chrono Trigger or from some of the Final Fantasy games, where uh, Child of Light, I think, does something similar as well. Yep, Child of Light as well. Mm-hmm. There, there are two types of attacks. You can have a strong version of attack or an agile version of attack. Depending on which one you use, depend determines how frequently you can attack. So if I'm battling something and it uses a strong attack, but I choose an agile attack for mine, I might be able to attack like three times in a row, but it does one really slow, strong version of an attack as well. So you get to choose that. And it looks like it, it might be every single different move in the game has a strong version of it and an agile version of it as well. And agile is just like, it's less powerful, but again, you attack more frequently. Strong is much more powerful, but it takes a longer time before you're able to do anything else as well. So that adds a cool little element of strategy into it. It mixes up the battle game a little bit too. It does kind of look like there might also be other trainers as well in the game. Um, we didn't really see a battle with another trainer, but I get the idea that you're going to be fighting other people like you would in a normal Pokemon game too. And that's it. That's the whole rundown. Again, of all of that, I'm probably most interested in Pokemon Legends Arceus because it's a huge departure for the series and I've just been bored with because it's the same game that I've been playing since I was eight years old. But um, anything in there interest you at all, Adam? Yeah, the Unite stuff, don't care. Mm-hmm. Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl, don't care. I'm with you. Arceus, when we first saw it, I was like, ooh, the game looks kind of rough. I mean, I guess it's different. That'll be interesting. Watching this um, trailer, I guess the second, you know, whatever thing that they did, is much more interesting. Um, I like, yeah, they've just completely... Whenever people were like, hey, we want a console Pokemon... And then they're like, here's Sword and Shield, where there's the one part in the middle where you can run around. It's like, okay, cool. I guess <laughs> this isn't exactly what I was looking for. This one seems much more interesting. I'm, I'm, this is the most interested I've been in a Pokemon. I'm not going to say excited, most interested I've been in a Pokemon game in a long time. I just like how they're just changing it. Like, I mean, they're changing the turn-based combat, for God's sakes. Like, I, yeah. I, I think this is really cool. I think, uh, you know, we'll see how it turns out. But they're very good at making games like uh, they're mostly bangers even if they're boring you know because we've been around forever yeah but them changing it up and doing something completely different it looks cool i i think this is probably a banger in uh for nintendo so that'll be good if you're playing fantasy um you know uh video game league or whatever it's first round draft pick right here yep oh man but we did get we did get a a brand new, completely reimagined experience as well coming up from uh, yeah from Bethesda. Whew. This is a, a new video game I've never heard about before. Mm. Uh, Skyrim is getting a next gen upgrade. Skyrim. The Skirim? eye is like a Latin eye. Skyrim. Skyrim. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Skyrim <laughs> is getting a next gen upgrade exactly ten years after its original release. It's from Jay Peters at The Verge. Um, everyone remembers 11, 11, 11. You need to mark in your calendars 11, 11, 21. Uh, cause it's coming back, baby. <laughs> Skyrim special edition owners get a free next gen upgrade plus free creation club content, including fishing. Um, new edition of the game called Skyrim anniversary edition is, re- uh, releasing, including all of the above plus over 500 pieces of unique content from creation club, uh, you can upgrade to Anniversary Edition for an unknown price. Special Edition is also on Game Pass, um, but that upgrade will require some sort of payment to upgrade to the new version of the game. Basically, they're, hey, here's a bunch of mod stuff that people have made um, for the new version of Skyrim. The thing that interests me most in this 
Um, special edition owners get free next gen. Well, I own the special edition, so I'm good. I guess I get this. Yeah. Um, so if you have that special edition and you just want the Series X or the PS5 patch or the PC upgrade with all the new visuals and stuff like that, you get that, including fishing. So they brought three pieces of content, including fishing. But if you want the, the so that's what again this is silly. Skyrim is literally I love. I think I saw Todd Howard was talking about it the other day, or maybe some, I don't remember. They were like, "Why do you guys keep releasing Skyrim?" He's like, "You guys, you guys keep buying it. You've literally never stopped <laughs> buying this game. We're gonna keep releasing because you keep on buying it." Um, again, this wouldn't be a big deal for me because whatever I played Skyrim ten years ago and I played it five years ago and then six years, you know, whatever. Um, I do like that. Hey, next gen upgrade for free if you already own it. I don't want to take a, you know, a poop on other companies <laughs> who don't give me free next-gen upgrades, but I love when I get a free next-gen. And this is for everybody. That's just Xbox people. Yeah. So I just like, we know you own this game. For whatever reason, if you don't, here's the stuff. But if you have it, just like here's better load times, better textures, whatever. I'm not going to complain about free stuff or you know very cheap um, content for a game that... I mean, I'll probably download in six months and play for another 100 hours, whatever. It's... <laughs> <laughs> I, at this point, it's a meme. Um, but I mean, again, stop buying it and they'll stop doing it. And you're not going to stop. Yeah. You're all at fault here. So it's, you know, I, live your life, Todd Howard, and Skirim. Skirim. <laughs> there are a couple of things to note. One is that, like, the, the version of Skyrim you can play on your Alexa will not get the upgrade. Mm. Um, but Tough. also, notably, the Nintendo Switch version, which technically was not called Special Edition when it came out, but it was Skyrim on Switch and, you know, had all the Zelda items and stuff like that. You won't be getting fishing. Obviously, you won't get an up a next-gen, you know, texture pack because Switch can't do 4K. But uh, it's, it's worth noting that all the Creation Club stuff is not coming to Nintendo Switch. It's just the Xbox next-gen consoles. Or, sorry, let me rephrase that. Anniversary Edition is coming to last-gen and this-gen for PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. Um... And then I, d I do find it interesting that now that Bethesda is part of Xbox, that Special Edition is on Game Pass. But even though Anniversary Edition is like a boxed new release and it's not like an expansion or a DLC or something like that, I do find it interesting that that's not on Game Pass as well because they, you know, they maintain first-party content is all going to be on, on Game Pass. But I also I don't use Game Pass frequently frequently enough to even understand how DLC works with it. So maybe you can answer this question: If I own a Microsoft first party game, and there's DLC that comes out for it, do I still have to pay for that DLC, or is that part of Game Pass? It depends. Certain okay. get so like for Doom, well for Doom for uh, Eternal, they have DLC packs that are not included with Game Pass. But then there's games like State of Decay where every single update that's come to that game is included with your Game Pass. Like, they give you the ultimate edition of the game, so you get everything that comes with the game. Forza, you don't get the DLC stuff. Some of... you, I think you get, like, a couple of cars. You don't get, like, the whole car pack or the DLC, but you do get a discount. It just depends on games. Basically, if there's a game that's giving free content, you get the ultimate edition of the game and the free content. If it's a game that sells DLC, you can buy it at a discount. It's basically what I've seen from most of their games. Okay. So this will probably be, I was thinking like maybe six months they had it on, but maybe not. I don't know. Um, they'll do that sometimes. So just be like, oh, hey, here's everything. Um, but this will probably be a thing you have to buy. And again, we don't know the price yet. I don't assume it would be that much. I'm yeah. guessing $20 max, if if even that. I mean, $20 probably makes sense. So we'll, we'll see. 20 bucks seems steep for. Okay, so the next gen console upgrades are free. 
That's fishing right. yeah. is free. Like the new mechanics are free. What you're paying for is the 500 piece of, pieces of unique content from Creation Club, which I assume is user-generated content. Mm-hmm. So you're paying was, for user-generated weapons and quests and things like that, not even like Bethesda-made stuff. Yeah, that's which 20 there bucks. is already mod support in the game, so I guess if you wanted to get some of this stuff, yeah. it's a weird one. We'll need to see that when it fully comes out. Either way, if it's like, hey, give us 20 bucks and we can give these people who made these mods money or whatever. That would be cool, yeah. Fine. Here's your money, guys. I don't care. Live your life. Uh, again, I just want to do it for the next-gen upgrades, just so it like loads quicker and looks better. Yeah. That's enough for me. I don't care about the 500 pieces of content. You know, I'm happy killing spiders in a cave you know over and over again <laughs> <laughs> it's just interesting this game keeps coming out like this yeah it, it's it's just like we've had a uh, multiple games in our life um mario kart 8 uh skyrim and gta 5 will never stop because you keep buying it yeah <laughs> i mean i'm one of those people i think i've i think i've bought skyrim two or three times and i bought gta well technically i got gta 5 for free once but then i bought two more versions of the game <laughs> so um yeah, I'm part of the problem. I mean, whatever. Free upgrades, paid upgrades, live your life, do whatever you want. Play the game or don't. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving on, though, to some new game news, things that have not been released yet. Call of Duty Vanguard gets a November release date. Remember what we talked about this last week? about We oh, did. Man. Yeah, all these little teasy things. Now we got some real life things. And now they're like, yo, here we are. Uh, this is from Matt Kim at IGN. Uh Call of Duty Vanguard will be released on November 5th, a cross-generation game. Narrative-focused adventure centering on a fictional special ops, spec ops. You confused me for a second. Uh, My bad. Yeah, sorry. No, I mean, you probably did it right, but I'm just reading it. In my mind, it has to be spec ops because I'm an idiot. Spec (laughs) ops team comprising members from across all the allied nations. Now, this, I think, is the most interesting stuff. New multiplayer mode from Sledgehammer, which I believe is taking the lead on the campaign as well is a sledgehammer like they're the ones doing the campaign they're also doing a new multiplayer mode zombies mode from treyarch and new Warzone map from raven studios um i guess we'll, we'll just go on this stuff first and then we'll move down yeah again we were talking I about this last week really interesting that oh. like for a game franchise where it used to be one studio per game it's now like to have all of the support from all of their studios going towards this one game seems really like interesting to me. I don't know whether that's a sign of like, man, one was struggling, so the others had to help out, or whether it's like, man, this game is going to be so huge, we needed all of these teams in order to make it amazing. So I, I don't know what to to think of that. I mean, I think it makes sense at this point. You know, you keep the teams on the things that they're good at, and then the other teams get support because like Warzone, like this isn't. This is just a continuation of Warzone. This isn't a right. new Warzone. You know, it's continuing. Zombies, I mean, I feel like Treyarch always does the good zombies, right? I don't know. Uh, as I mentioned, the first Call of Duty game I've ever bought was like two weeks ago. So, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but that has a zombies mode. I think that's a Treyarch game. I might be wrong. Um, yeah, it's, it's weird to see them all working at the same time. But again, I mean, you just want to get out. You know, we had a COVID year. People working from home. We got to get out of Call of Duty. Everyone do what you're good at. Yeah, I suppose is the way that they looked at it. Um, the thing for me that is most interesting here, this is part of the trailer, especially we are going back to World War II. Uh, we don't know if it's an alternate history yet. But we do know it's a World War II game. Um, I like the narrative. Like they have seem to be putting an emphasis on the single player mode. 
And it reminds me so much of like Call of Duty 2 and 3. Like when 360 and PS3 were launching and it was all like, hey, we're going to different fronts. You know, this is Africa. This is, we're storming the beaches at Normandy, da, 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 da. And they would, and that would, that was the story mode. It's like, hey, play multiple versions from, you know, across the war. And if this trailer reminded me so much of those, you know, when Call of Duty blew up and became a big thing, this is what this campaign reminds me of more than the last, you know, five or six iterations where it was like, oh, we've got Kevin Spacey before you knew he was a bad guy. And there's, <laughs> you got exosuits and now we're in space with uh, uh, Jon Snow. And now they're just like, hey, we're taking it boots on the ground. <laughs> we're going back to our roots. <laughs> um, I think that the campaign actually looks interesting to me. I haven't cared in a long time. Uh, even it being World War II, which is like, whatever, that's overdone. But the the way that it's structured seems more interesting to me. And Laura Bailey's in it, so that's never a bad thing. I like her yeah, voice. Yeah, Laura Bailey. I'm, I'm interested in the campaign from a... Like, I think I'm going to get this just because, like, I'm, I'm actually into zombies and into multiplayer for the first time in a Call of Duty franchise ever. Um, but I am... I'm going to use the word trepidatious here just because I couldn't think of another word. But I am trepidatious about the campaign because part of why I haven't played Call of Duty or why I got burnt out on military shooters in general as a teenager is just all of them were World War II. All of them were the exact yeah. same. They were all brown and gross and the weapons were old and not fun to use. And now I'm playing, you know, all the time I'm playing Destiny and the weapons are futuristic and crazy and do all of this really amazing things. And um, so to go back to World War II again and even even like I was playing Battlefield Five the other day not the other day, weeks ago, I was playing Battlefield Five, and I was like, all of these guns are awful because they're old guns. Um, so I'm Made not super ten. excited about going all the way back, you know, 70 years, however long ago World War II was now. Um, God, yeah. Ooh, about 80, 80 years, years almost. 80 yeah. years, yeah. That's not super exciting to me, but hopefully it's something new. You know, the whole team is, you know, team members from across all the allied nations. Like, that seems like it might be interesting. This new multiplayer mode seems like it might be cool. It's kind of like a, a small team capture the flag kind of thing, or capture the hill, king of the hill kind of thing, maybe. Uh, which has an alpha coming up on PlayStation this weekend, the 27th through the 29th. Yeah, I believe that was just for, you don't need PS Plus in you know, most reach. I think it was like Germany you need it or whatever. But yeah, it's just, you're going to have a free alpha to play this new multiplayer mode for all PS4 and PS5 people. You just get it. So, I mean, we'll probably be doing that this weekend. That sounds like a... A fun thing to check out. Yep. Uh, just a small continuation on the story. This is from Ian Walker Kotaku. Activision's name uh, conspicuously absent from Call of Duty Vanguard marketing. Yeah. No Activision on here. It's like, yep. hey, Sledgehammer Games, baby. <laughs> Come play Call of Duty. <laughs> Look at um, this cool game. Not associated with misogyny at all. We like shooting, and the women shoot guns too. And we don't hate <laughs> women or people of color at all. We're all here. <laughs> it's wild, but I mean, I get it. That's why yeah. you know, I feel like this is why they waited so long, you know, to show this game off. It's like well, we're in a bad spot. Activision didn't make this game. We had nothing to do with it. We are. We are just Sledgehammer. This is an indie game. They're self-publishing. Sledgehammer Games <laughs> is self-publishing Call of Duty. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so yeah, I think this. I think it does look interesting. I'm not, again, a huge Call of Duty dude. They're, they've shown me enough. Again, I'll give it a free try this weekend, and you know they might convince me to, to check it out and stay long-term. All right. So, upcoming events this week. We're going to take a, take a moment real quick. Not talk about some news items, but things that are coming up in the future. So, I'm going to let you start with this one, because I don't play this game. Ooh, so, ooh. what's going this on with this Destiny 2 event? Tuesday. 
In fact, by the time this episode releases, you will probably be watching this because I assume everyone is just as interested in Destiny 2 as I am. Uh, 8 a.m. Pacific time on Tuesday. Um, there's a Destiny 2 reveal event. They're going to show off the next season, which starts like literally two hours after the event. But they're also showing off the next expansion, which is the Witch Queen, which got delayed until early 2022. But um, there are a lot of things that people are speculating might be part of it. New powers, you know, with this most recent expansion, Beyond Light, last year, they introduced stasis and, you know, freezing things and, and all of these cool new abilities that come with that and embracing the darkness. And um, there are some rumors out there that, like, there will be a new, like, poison or corruption based thing. Uh, shown off as a new power that we're going to be able to develop as part of the darkness. So that's coming this Tuesday. I literally, like, I'm not working Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, and I plan on waking up, getting myself some nice yummy breakfast, sitting on the couch, watching this, and then immediately jumping into awful overloaded servers at 10 a.m. as soon as they open up and playing all this shit. I'm so for it. Like, I have... I get as pumped about this as I do for some things in E3 because I've realized that Destiny 2 is just maybe one of my favorite games of all time now, and I'm I'm happy to admit that. I'm happy that you're happy. Now, I was wondering, my friend, uh, they have a group that they all play Destiny, and they've been like just doing the vaults of glass raid over and over and over again, I guess because everything's about to change pretty soon. And yep. <laughs> one of... So it's... It's my friend George who plays. I think he got the exotic. Everyone's trying to get the exotic out of that, I believe. Yeah, right? the Is there... Vex Mythic class gun. Uh, yeah, so everyone has it except for one guy. Uh, shout out to Kyle, who has done it 42 times and does not oh have the gun yet. So, yeah, he's over 42. He's getting pretty upset about it. So I hope he gets it before Tuesday. <laughs> <because> <laughs> boy, I would be upset if I did something 42 times got nothing out of it. The... Um... That reminds me of there's a, a raid group that we that we have where we all just do fun raids all the time and we're pretty good. We haven't beat Fall to Glass yet, but uh, there was one a couple of years ago where another Kyle Kyle St James wanted to get this gun called Anarchy. It's this really cool grenade launcher, and so he invited Matt and Dallas, some of the people that we play with. He invited them to raid with him and he's like hey do you guys want to just like farm this raid over and over with me i'm trying to get this grenade launcher and they did it a bunch and he didn't get it at all every single time he couldn't get it couldn't get it and matt got it twice while they were playing Ooh. and he was so pissed he's like i invited you to this thing so i could get it and you get it two times and it's not something you could like trade with players or anything like that you can't give it to somebody it's just like fucking sucks for you but Man, I remember playing Division 2 and my friends, they were, like, I played it and I had fun with the story when I was done. They were doing the grinding thing afterwards, and we kept running the same thing to get whatever the gun is. I don't remember anymore. The Devastator, the Liberator, you know, it's Washington, D.C., whatever they decided to pick. And, uh, yeah, we kept doing it. We did that thing, like, you know, probably ten times. And it's like, oh, I got it. And no one else had it. And this was the tenth time. I'm like, oh, I got it. Well, you want this? I don't care. <laughs> First, like, please, please give it to me. Because I think in that game, you can actually share loot or give people stuff. For some reason, or I don't know what it was, but he, I gave it to him. I was like, take it. I don't, I really don't care. You're the one who wants to play this over and over again. <laughs> so I, I know the struggle because I've been there when people have struggled for it. So, um, you know, I just wish that, I mean, unless the games are made to have you play them over and over again. But if it was like, yo, you've done this ten times, it's guaranteed on the tenth time or something. That would be great. So you don't just have to do it 42. I would be, I would never play that game 42 whew, times. That's too many oh, times. 42. They also, oh, what's boy. fun, like for most content in Destiny, like exotic weapons and stuff like that, the drop, like their drop rates are cumulative. So 
if you don't get it the first time, you have a slightly better chance of getting it the second time and a slightly better chance until eventually you have a 100% chance of getting it. And 42 sounds like it's way too many times. You should have had a 100% chance by then. Yeah, they were talking about his luck percentage going up by 1%. I don't know. Whatever. Um, I hope he gets it because he was he was not feeling it. But, uh, you know, <laughs> new content will be good. So what what's the season going to be if the the expansion is until the beginning of the next year? Well, they... So they... Thankfully, like they they announced that it was getting delayed six months ago or something like that. Mm. So they've been able to plan for this extra season for a while. So they have they have some story content, some some storylines that just wrapped up with um, th- this character is called the Vex, and and we're going in and like hacking their mind and and keeping them. And we found out that this witch queen was kind of at the center of that whole plot. So we're I feel like this last this next season that's coming up is going to be just all about setting up the arrival of this witch queen that we've been waiting for. They even told us that the expansion is called the witch queen years ago. And in yeah. fact, we even know the name of the one after that a couple of years from now. So like they've got this all planned out, which is really cool. But uh, what's also cool about this season is that it, they will for the first time be uh, opening up cross play. So Xbox can play oh, with PlayStation okay. can play with PC. There won't be like support for some basic things like in game chat. So you'll have to use like Discord or something like that in order to chat with each other. But it's cool that that's finally a thing because that limits our raid group a little bit too because people prefer playing on Xbox. And then, oh, I don't have the new expansion on PlayStation, so I can't play with you. But uh, so yeah, lots of cool things coming with this season, but it feels like it's going to wrap up one story before it dives into the next one. Cool, cool. Crossplay is always good. Everything needs to do that. Yep. All right. So next time, well, I'm going to read through this and I'm going to tell you how I want to finish this out. All right. Okay. Opening night live. Gamescom, Jeff Keighley show, ending. What what did I say? Closing the opening. Closing the summer with opening night live. Opening, yeah, it's something clever. I can't remember anymore. (laughs) Uh, So that's on Wednesday. Um, it's been confirmed as two hours and more than thirty games. We're gonna talk about some of the big in it because this is a big one. It really opening night live is kind of big, sort of like uh. Whatever I might have also been called opening night live. The one he did at E3 where they showed um Souls game that everyone cares about with George R. Oh, R. Yeah, Martin. Yeah, yeah. What was that called? God, I should oh, know summer, this. That I, was part of Summer Games Fest. Some games. The opening yeah. of Summer Games Fest. He's now closing the show. We should get a lot of big announcements. Jeff Keeley's all about announcements. Last year, just to name off of, uh, some things that showed. Uh Doom Eternal DLC, uh Dragon Age 4, uh, World of Warcraft Shadowlands, Crash Bandicoot 4. Medal of Honor Above and Beyond the VR game and extended Ratchet and Clank demo. So those are some of the big things that we got last year. Now I'm going to go through these one by one and you can talk to me after each of them if okay. you want to or you can pat, you can swipe. Swipe left. Wait, is it left or right? Uh, left is say no. Swipe right is say yes. Only swipe if you don't want to talk about it. <laughs> All right. So these <laughs> are... Con- I went through Jeff Keighley's Twitter from the last week and a half. And I went through every little thing that he commented on, everything he retweeted on, and I pulled all these announcements out. And then, you know, 30 minutes after I did that, he just posted a hype video that showed basically everything was going to be there. Whatever. It's all good. Um, first up on the list, there is a um, a tweet from Drinkbox Studios, makers of Guacamelee. And uh, uh, God, what was the most recent one that they did? Um, the swipe severed. Yeah, they have yeah, severed. Um uh, and they, they had a, too, as well. Oh, and then oh yeah, you're right. They had another one that came out. Recently. That's something more recent. 
I can't think about it. I'm a bad person. It's all good. Guacamelee is great. Go play that. Yeah. Um, there's a tweet from Drinkbox Studios, which was retweeted by Jeff. So it's on his thing. And it's just them doing the eye emoji um, at an announcement of like one of the hosts who's going to be at Open Night Live. So Drinkbox responded to Jeff Keighley's announcement of someone who's going to be there. And there's eyes and he retweeted it. You know, it AKA, is, I think Drinkbox is going to be there. But whatever. For those who are curious, the host that they're pointing to is Kyle Bossman, who is from Easy Out, who previously from easy allies uh, he's frequently on the pre-show for keely stuff but he's he's fantastic he's one of my favorite people in the gaming industry he's hilarious oh, and Drinkbox, you know commented and Drink just keely went out of yep. his way yep can you please look up for me the last game that they did yes it's so bad i'm like what is it? it's not guacamelee 2 it's something else but did you have anything to say about that i mean those are gonna be I, at the show yeah there's no I mean. clues to like what it is but i am a big fan of everything that they do because like i platinum severed i loved guacamelee 1 guacamelee 2 is like one of the best you know platformers i think of all time metroidvania ish i guess so i'm looking on here they have on their website, five games that they've done. Mutant Blobs Attack, Guacamelee, Severed, Guacamelee 2, and Nobody Saves the World. Those are the only games they list. Hmm. Interesting. Oh, but it says Maybe coming that's what 2021 to Steam and Xbox. Maybe that's what we'll see. Nobody Saves the World. That's the one I we saw, I think, earlier le- this year or sometime last year that looked really, really cool. Um, actually, you know, because I think it's on my fantasy uh, video game league that I'm in. I think I have that game. So... Yes, that game looks very interesting, and we're probably going to get more about it today, or on Wednesday. Um, so first playthrough of Call of Duty Vanguard, uh, which I believe is single-player content, uh, but the first gameplay playthrough uh, with guest Laura Bailey. So we get a, the announcement the game's coming out, and then a couple days later, here's going to be gameplay of it. All right. That's usually how that goes, too, right? Whenever it's E3, like they usually make an announcement about, hey, here's the Call of Duty's going to be this year, and then we see like gameplay at... PlayStation, that like PlayStation or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So that's the move for them. They're doing it here this year. Uh, this one we'll talk. We'll talk off off air. I know a little about this that I can't talk about. All right. Uh, Saints Row, uh, in quotations, rebooting. Which this is confirmed that Saints Row is going to be there. If you go to the website or click on the link that's in his uh, Twitter, it takes you to SaintsRow.com, and it's just a wall that has graffiti that says rebooting on it, and it's just the Saints Row website. So. We're getting right. some sort of reboot of Saints Row. Uh, I love that series. It's a great time. Uh, next is, <laughs> this is the fun one. There's a game from Massive Monster and Devolver Digital. I include this because it's from Devolver, and Devolver you know, normally does bangers. Yep. Um, this is my exact description of this game. It appears to be some <laughs> sort of cartoon cat Cthulhu cult simulator. I don't want to see Say this that. game. I want you I want you to watch this game and then I want you to detail everything that you see about it from the reveal at opening night live. <laughs> Here's what <laughs> I'll, I want I'll you tell to do you. It all with that. It's a cartoonish art style. It involves cats. Something to do with Cthulhu and cult sort of things and I think it's simulating all of that. So, cartoon cat <laughs> simulator Cthulhu cult simulator. Uh, no, it looked really cool. It was it was like a you know like a 20 second video, but it's you know a bunch of dark ooh, people chanting and there's a tentacle or whatever. But it looks like a cute little, I don't, you know, it looks interesting. Again, a Devolver, it doesn't matter what it is. Devolver puts yeah. out stuff that's normally fun. So we'll check that out. This one has been a long time coming, ain't it? New look oh, yeah. at Lego Star Wars, a Skywalker uh, Saga. Skywalker Saga. <laughs> Skywalker Saga. 
uh, Lego Star Wars. Man, this game was supposed to come out last year, and I've been look. It looked so good. I've loved those games back in the day. This one looks super solid. And then they just kept delaying it. I mean, you know, things happened that are yep. out of their control. But we're supposed to get a new, brand new look information about Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga. Did you hear it all about Legos or Skywalker? I totally forgot about this game completely. I guess because you know that whole saga is completed in the movie so i've mentally moved on and that's not star wars well it's still it's it's past star wars it's not future star wars to me so i feel like the game doesn't really matter to me anymore but yeah it's gonna be huge when it comes out yeah i just like that they've it looks like they've completely reinvented the way that lego games play which is what yeah. interests me most. like they, this is completely different from just like let's run around this area and shoot stuff it looks a lot more interesting to me and you know i haven't played a good lego uh, star wars game in a long time so i check that out uh world premiere and news on Splitgate. apparently they got so big over the last couple of months they're like yo get us in there keely we, yeah. we got you we're the ace in the hole and i love and, that they also just announced that like hey we were gonna come out of beta but now we're just gonna be in beta indefinitely and we're never gonna release <laughs> so until we feel like popular. coming out yep yep we'll stay here uh god this one i'm so excited for announcement and new look at tmnt shredder's revenge from the team that made streets of rage 4 uh dot emu uh this game again got announced earlier this year side scroller beat him up with the Teenage, teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I, I, there's nothing else I could ask for. That's nostalgia right there. Pure nostalgia. Ah, oh, man, it'll be good. Uh, we're going to get news on Sifu, which is the game I'm I'm most disappointed got delayed because, man, I wanted to play that game a lot. Um, that is a PlayStation exclusive. Got delayed, but we're getting news on it. Um, so maybe a more firm release date. You know, like... I think they just said 2022. Maybe it's like January 2022. I don't know. Don't care. The game looks great. I'm going to play it. Lord willing, and the creek don't rise yep <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly how it's written in the document and i wrote this in the document on purpose updates on genshin impact i suppose well i said i guess but i want to sound smarter suppose yeah that's it sounds like the british version of guess <laughs> it's a big game people love it have fun yeah i've never played it i don't think i ever will but it's huge yeah, I want you to read this next one and read it the exact way that I have the it written out. The next character I mean. for Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania? Oh my gosh. I just learned today that there are other characters other than Monkey in Super Monkey Ball. So Yeah, I, this is, they again, this was, these are all tweets from Jeff Keighley. Like, this was specifically pointed out by Jeff Keighley <laughs> about a new character for Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania. The last one announced was the guy from Yakuza. It's so, so weird for me to think about some guy from Yakuza running around in a monkey ball collecting bananas on a game course. Like, that's Sega, man. Sega. They do weird stuff. <sighs> Have fun. I mean, I'm sure it'll be a, a wild. I, like, okay, if you could think of who you would want here, Sonic's off the table because he's so obvious. What is yeah. another character you would like in Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania? <laughs> <laughs> I guess that it makes sense for Yakuza because Yakuza is also Sega, right? Yeah. So it would have to be another Sega game, which I can't think of any. <laughs> so, uh, Sega games. Let's see. Uh, while you look that up, I'll go ahead and say Bigs the cat. Throw him in a big that big old cat. Oh, in, hell in yeah. a monkey ball. And oh, he boy. like trips and he just ends up rolling in the ball. Yep. All right. Absolutely. Oh, Bayonetta could be an option, I guess, because Bayonetta's Sega. <laughs> She's just naked in a ball with her hair wrapped around her body. 
You just a giant witch boot comes and kicks the ball down the course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's like, I mean, they make cool stuff sometimes, but it's Virtua just fighter. Out. Probably someone from Virtua Fighter. I don't know. Get a dude kicking a ball or whatever. It's just <laughs> funny how they pointed out like, yo, we've got the next character reveal for Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania. And people yeah. just went. Someone, uh, Keely tweeted a picture of Kojima in a Super Monkey Ball because... It is, and I hope that he has to li- like anytime someone plays as Kojima, like they can only play one at a time because he has to actually go into a simulator and run around on the ball. That's like his his job with Jeff Keighley now that he's contracted out to do. <laughs> he's like, it's a social experience where I get to be in the monkey ball. <laughs> <laughs> and then to end it all, like I said, as I was doing all my research, Jeff Keighley dropped a hype trailer, which just showed off a bunch of gameplay for games that are confirmed to be there. Um, Gamescom itself retweeted and was like, yeah, this stuff's going to be here. And then uh, GameRant.com went through and was like, hey, this is what this... Because this is most of like five-minute clips, two seconds, whatever. Uh, Game Rant went through and was like, hey, pointed out some of the ones that I missed. But in that hype video, we have Far Cry 6, Psychonauts 2, Death Stranding Director's Cut, uh, Battlefield, Fall Guys, Artful Escape, Rider Republic, Forza Horizon 5, Back for Blood, and then the things that I've talked about before, because clearly they're going to be at the show. So we got a nice little list. It's a solid show, man. I'm excited. I mean, I was going to you know watch a recap anyways, but maybe I'll try to watch this live because... There's a lot of a lot of cool things in here. Yeah. I'm this is inherently the issue with new and announcements. <laughs> Looking at all of this is like, oh man, this is already stuff we know about. There's not gonna be anything new. And it was like, obviously he's not gonna tweet about something new or else it's no longer new and it's gonna spoil the surprise. So yes, all of these are like things that we know about. And some of these are things that we've known about and seen for years that like it doesn't really excite me to see their like Far Cry Six on there or to see Fall Guys or something like that. But obviously there are going to be some new announcements and world premiere stuff. So I'll probably I mean, still like, catch it live. Yeah, Saints Row was, I don't know, they just decided to do that one early, I suppose. But like that's a reboot of Saints Row was a big get. I mean, the fact that they were willing to show yeah. us that, you know, why'd they choose that one? What other Especially things like, they have to just leave? In a time when, when, I feel like Saints Row and like that open world, like GTA, like those types of games used to come out all the time. And now it's just like the last GTA game we got was almost a decade ago with GTA 5. And so with Saints Row coming back in a big way and rebooting, whatever that might mean, I feel like that's really exciting for people who are a fan of those types of games. Like we're giving you something new in the space that's not just a couple extra things in GTA 5 every couple of years. Yeah, I think it was Brian Altano from IGN tweeted is like, yo, we used to get clones of GTA all the time and now we just don't get anything anymore. Like we used to get yeah, I think like a, a single year we get, you know, a GTA game, then Sleeping Dogs and then a Saints Row 2 or yeah. whatever. And it's like now you don't get any of it. So I'm, I'm happy for this to come back because I want to just run around and be silly. And like you said, most open world, yeah, you don't really get that type of like I'm in our urban city running around doing crimes yeah. kind of game anymore. So, And fun. it's not like you can say, oh, those types of games don't sell because look at GTA 5. One of the best-selling games of all time. Yeah. So yep. I'm excited for opening night live. I don't know. What's the time? 10.30, p- uh, ooh, 10.30 PT, which means what's that, 6.30 Eastern? No. No, no, wait a minute. Yeah, because yeah. they're behind us. That's right. 
Okay, so one in the afternoon. I'm about to say six o'clock in the morning, not going to happen. But I can't no. do math. <laughs> one o'clock in the afternoon? Okay, I, got, I actually might be able to sit and watch this. But it's two hours. Eh, yeah. That's, that's like a full conference, pretty much. That's, that'll be interesting. We'll see what happens. Plenty to talk about that next week. But this, that's all I got for your quest logs and your... In your in your main your main logs and your main quests. That's all we got today <laughs> for the news portion of the show. But we do have more stuff coming up. We have a segment where we got on Twitter and said, "Hey, give us a question. I don't care. Let us let <gasps> oh, us know you what know you what? want to talk about." Revival of the the segment called subscriber interrogatives. We haven't had one of these. In God, you're right. So long. There we go. I forgot the name. We'll reuse that. that name. All right. So what is it? <laughs> subscriber interrogative welcome to subscriber interrogatives everybody you have the list in front of you because i don't have twitter open uh um i don't but i have i have my memory so we have two questions we we went out to twitter a few hours ago and said hey we're recording we need some questions from y'all one came in from cozy bear alex cozina go follow him at twitch.tv slash cozy bear cozy bear live yeah it's cozy bear live um he asked us what is the boba tea of video games? Whatever Can you explain that me what boba tea is? Uh, so boba tea, I'm pretty sure, is the same thing as bubble tea, which I'm pretty sure is like the milky drink with the balls of tapioca pudding at the bottom. And you it's drink thing it with a straw got... that's like the size of like a Chinese finger trap. Yeah. Is that a name my we can't kid... use anymore? I don't know. I don't know. That's the thing my kid got at the mall. He's like, they have boba tea. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. So what is the <laughs> right. I guess I'll take this however I want. Like, what is the thing that is a luxury that goes down? I'm just gonna say what's the milkshake of video games because I prefer milkshakes to boba tea. If if you are curious about boba tea, go on Hinge or Bumble and look at every single woman's thing. And they mm. love boba tea and they have pictures of them drinking boba tea and they all love hiking. Um, but I'm going to yep. read you from you, to you from Wikipedia. Bubble tea, also known as pearl milk tea, bubble milk tea, tapioca milk tea, or boba tea, or boba, is a tea-based drink from Taiwan in the early 1980s. Most commonly, it consists of tea accompanied by chewy tapioca balls. Uh, but it can be made with other toppings as well. Made with varieties like black pearl milk tea and green pearl milk tea. Pearl signifies the tapioca at the bottom. But yeah, they look like different types of tea just with pudding balls at the bottom and you drink it through a giant straw so you can get the pudding balls through the straw yeah what does that mean in video game form <laughs> <laughs> what's kind of like thin and liquidy and milky but every once in a while you suck up a nice dense ball full of good so they, pudding <laughs> what's just what's a video game that calms your stomach is the way that i would probably look at this game or this, okay. this question okay flower yeah. There you go. I can see that. Flower. I'm going to say Sea of Thieves. Just get on the mm. ocean and listen to the waves go. Mmm. Mm, tapioca. Mm. That's what that reminds me of. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the cannons are the big white straws, and the cannonballs, boom. You nailed it. I mean, I, go, it's basically a perfect answer. I would also maybe say, uh, I don't know, um, Evil Within, perhaps. Okay. Okay. I'm trying yep. to think of something where you might pick up a bunch of or- orbs or balls or things like that as like collectibles in the game. And I, I, like I think right away of like Halo skulls. Mm-hmm. Like every once in a while, you'll find a skull. I guess it's a, a delightful treat in an otherwise milky game. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know what it is? What? The, bo- the bubble tea, boba tea of video games is PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale. Because it's nice and calming, but as a 30-year-old dad, I have no idea what it is, and I don't yeah. care. But all the kids <laughs> love it. The kids loved it at the time, but nobody yeah. gives a shit. Nobody cares. Yeah. There we go. That's bubble you tea. You gotta play as the big daddy. Man, what a game. You gotta play as a big daddy from Bioshock. And Nathan, Nathan Drake? Drake? Kicking oh barrels God. over? Parappa the Rapper? I'm gonna, I'm gonna break out my PlayStation Vita and play that a little bit for a good four love, minutes. I would love it too. But this time, just make it Smash Brothers. Don't try to deviate yeah. a little bit. Don't go 98%. Just go 100%. And, yeah, just be Just it. be Smash. Coward. Uh, yeah, that's that's my bubble tea. Uh, either right. Evil Within or PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale. Perfect. Number two comes from Darby Hallman, um, whose Twitter handle I can't remember right now, but go search for him. Um, and he asks us, what is the best font in a video game? You know my answer. We talked about this before the show. So my... I, I can think of two games off the top of my head that like really stand out for their fonts. One is Firewatch. Because it, um, like, everything about that game is really super stylized and really great. By the way, Darby's, go to twitter.com slash DarbyHallman1 to follow Darby. Um, so everything about that game is super stylized, but the font and the, the text treatments really stood out to me. And in fact, it inspired me to steal them. So they are what you will find in much of our Affable Idiots stuff like in fact our names on the screen right now adam and chad are written in fair log which is the same font that they use in in firewatch so uh i fucking love that but also the second one that stands out to me is control and when you like enter a new area in control and the name of it just giant fucking letters right in the middle the of the giant screen. splash on it yeah yep. that's it's absolutely the right answer a hundred percent that is like the best part of you're like oh i am now in the mail room <laughs> <laughs> i've never been so excited to see a mail room but this is the <laughs> coolest one ever and that's very good fun yeah um i don't know the game that does it but anything with comic sams is <laughs> is a-okay in my book i know people hate it i don't understand i only use it as a child and never looked at it again but i liked it as a kid so any video game daring enough to use comic sams is is a win in my book i'll I'm buy gonna, it right I'm gonna now do a quick google search and see if there are any any like reputable video games reputable well probably not <laughs> we're talking about comic sans video um, games that use comic sans there's like there's a whole giant bomb article about comic sans in video games undertale oh apparently does wow all right good game because of that there's a game called type rider oh i remember when that game came out it's all about fonts um kingdom hearts recoded Apparently has some comic sans in it. Banjo Kazooie Nuts and Bolts for the menu and dialogue text. That's a nineties game, absolutely. Oh no, that's more early two thousands. Yeah, it makes sense. Sonic Adventure DX Director's Cut. Smart directors. Right. Sonic Adventure Two, Sonic Adventure Two Battle. Wow, there are a lot of games that have comic sans in them. That's gross. Everything you named on that list, top of my list. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we actually are you on the Twitter? Because I found another question. If you want me to, if you want me to ask it, uh, no, I'm not on the Twitter right now. Go for it. I'm looking at it. This is from Nerds at Large at Nerds at Large. What video game character knows why kids love the taste of cinnamon crunch? <laughs> cinnamon toast crunch. Excuse me. Who knows about the cinnamon toast swirls in every bite? 
<sighs> what video game character? Cinnamon sugar swirls in every bite. Who's the smartest video game character? That's what I'm thinking of. I don't want to use like an already established character. Like you can't be like Professor X is in X Men Legends, and he would yeah. know because he just read the kid's mind and and, <laughs> and figure out why they love it so much. <laughs> I'm looking at okay, so again, Giant Bomb has a list of smartest video game characters. Nathan Drake is number five on that list. Really? No, no, sir. Ada Wong from Resident Evil is number seven. I don't, and then I just don't recognize anyone else on that list. It would have I'm to be someone science-y. Like, yeah, I'm think of scientist. Clank, maybe, from Ratchet and Clank. Mm-hmm. Oh, look, I'm there's another list here, and Clank is number two on smartest things. There you go. I'm going to say that Legion from Mass Effect, you know, he's so mm. deep, and, you know, mm-hmm. as, a, as, a, as, a non, as a sentient, you know, non-organic being, I'm sure he you know dives deep into why kids love the taste of cinnamon toast crunch so i think <laughs> i think either legion or the reapers know why kids and that's why definitely they're the reapers destroy, that's why they're coming to destroy the universe because they know why because they want that bowl of cinnamon toast crunch and they need to kill all the kids so they can have it themselves <laughs> absolutely the reapers there you go. that's it, perfect man. answer i get it all right that's all we have that's it. Thank you, everyone, for writing in for those subscriber interrogatives. That brings us to our Game on Game Show. The Game on our Game Show. We play a game called Game on the Game Show called Game, 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 Game. We have a Game on Game Show here today. It is in the theme of, you know, Call of Duty has been top of mind the last couple weeks with Vanguard leaks and now Vanguard confirmation. And I feel like this is a good one for you and I to play specifically because we're not Call of Duty people necessarily. And so it's a game called, Is Call of Duty Good? Mm-hmm. And I've, uh, it's something that Holden and I have played a couple times before, where I list, I have 10 Call of Duty games, the last 10 major releases from Call of Duty, and I have them in a spreadsheet. And you and I are going to guess what the Metacritic score is for that release. Metacritic specifically. Metacritic specifically, not Open Critic. And there'll be some caveats in here. I'll make sure that, you know, we're using the highest of the platforms that are that are out. Uh, so if it was review, reviewed on multiple platforms, um, yeah, I think that's I think that's all the the rules that we have to do. So you and I are going to guess. We'll take turns going first and second uh, of where we think these landed on Metacritic, and then at the end of it, we'll see how close we were. And in general, do we think they're good just based on the scores that we gave them? So again, this is not what you would rate these games. This is what do you think other people thought of these games? Okay, I can do this. All right, so we're going to go through, again, it's the 10 most recent releases. So everything from Black Ops to today uh, with Black Ops Cold War. So starting and ending with Black Ops. And I'll let you go first. We're starting with Call of Duty Black Ops. Came out in 2010. What do you think that scored on Metacritic? And again, I don't, I'm not seeing these. I will, you guess, then I guess, and then I'll look up the score for it. Black Ops was a big deal. People really liked it. I remember getting nines all over the place. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go 91 on Metacritic. A 91 on Metacritic. Yeah. All right. I feel like that one was a huge hit. This is, I can already tell, is going to be awful for me because all of these blend together in my head and I don't know any of them from the others. So, but I do remember Black Ops being like, Maybe one of the first ones that deviated from traditional World War II stuff. 
I don't know. That's what I'm going to say it is. And people were really interested in it because of it. So I'm going to say, and you know, they tend to review really well anyway. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll give it one more point. I'll give it a 92. That way, whatever it ends up at, I'm like pretty close and I won't be super far behind. Call of Duty Black Ops. Uh oh. Okay. Oh, how am I going to, how am I going to do this without getting all the scores of all the other games that also start with black ops? Oh, um, I'm going to type call of duty, black ops, Xbox 360. Yeah. And see what that, the year. that brought up. Nothing. Um, type in 2011, 2011. That brought up literally a blank screen. It doesn't right. make any sense. This might be a big old stinker of a game until I can figure out how to do this better, maybe for next time. 2010? Nope, nothing. If you see it, it is just, just type in Black Ops and just try to pay attention to only the first one. If you see, you see, it is what it is. Wonderful. Metacritic is shitting the bed. We're going to go to Open Critic. All right. And if that doesn't work, then uh, we'll move on from Game on Game Show. We'll wrap up the show. <laughs> There we go. <laughs> All right. Here we go again. Call of Duty. I did not think this ahead of time. I did not think this through. Call of Duty Black Ops. Oh, here we go. I like this. In their search bar, they have a, a drop down, and I can choose specifically which one I'm looking for first. Nice. Great, great, nice. great. That'll, that'll be good. Although there are so many options that it's just... They only show me, like, 17 versions of... Black Ops 3 before it goes away. So let's look it up. Nope. Open Critic is just showing me Black Ops 4 stuff. All right. That's it for Game on Game Show. We'll come back next <laughs> oh, time no. with something a little bit. Maybe I'll get someone to look up these scores for us ahead of time. That way we don't look at yeah. it. Yeah. Give someone to give us a list. Yep. Perfect. All right. Hey, Nerds at Large Gaming in the chat. What's up? Sloth with Wings. Nice. Thanks for the question earlier about um, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. <laughs> the taste you can see. The taste you can see. That's what it is. Damn it. I was trying to think of the catchphrase. Um, <laughs> this game is dead. Long live the game. Yes. Thank you very much. In fact, Nerds at Large, you have just now volunteered to be our person that puts together this list for us next time of all of these games' Metacritic scores. Thank you so much. Congratulations. <laughs> that brings us to the end of our show. Um, Adam, do you want to take us out or you want me to wrap us up? You could do it. Awesome. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. You have some pieces of homework to do. The first of which is to go to patreon.com slash respawn aim fire, where you will see a new poll. If you're listening to this on Tuesday, it will definitely be there. If you're listening to this before Tuesday, like live right now, like Nerds at Large Gaming in the chat, it's not there yet, but pretend it is. And then remember to come back tomorrow. Go to patreon.com slash responding fire. Vote for next barf game for September. See what we're going to be playing. Um, we'll have four choices there. You can also go sign up to uh, be on game nights with us. Get dope wallpapers for your devices. It's all just there for a buck. You also should be playing Metroid Fusion. If you are a patron, play it. If you're not a patron, still fucking play it. Find a way to play it. However that's possible. And then uh, write in your thoughts. I know Cozy usually writes them in. We usually forget to, so, to read it on the air. So I have to go in and like manually record something separately of me reading it and put it in the middle of the episode, pretend it didn't happen. But please, we promise, if you all write in this time, we'll do it. 
So go to go to uh, play Metroid Fusion. Write in your thoughts about the game. We'll read them on the show as we discuss it. And I think that's it. I think that's on my list. Yeah. Yep. Perfect. Uh, thank you everyone for listening. Until next time, here's our usual sign off. What do you think sneezes sound like in Australia? Do you think they're backwards? <laughs> <laughs>